0: All right, so you've been searching all over the place, trying to figure out what's the best podcasting equipment to get, right? You've probably been all over YouTube, listening to people test out various microphones and interfaces and showing you so many different things on what you need as a podcaster. And so what I'm going to do is simplify all of that. And I'm going to show you the best podcasting equipment for a beginner when it comes to things that you need that, are not overkill all right because a lot of people they show you all this fancy equipment and it's like you don't even need all that all right so I'm gonna keep it simple keep it easy and I want to make sure that you get the right type of equipment that's going to give you the results that you want so let's talk about that <laughs> You're listening to the Buyer Attractor Podcast. I'm your host, Vernita Sherman, and on this show, I share tips on converting your podcast into a revenue-generating asset that attracts qualified buyers. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, welcome. This is episode nine of the Buyer Attractor Podcast here at BuyerAttractor.com. And today I want to talk about the best podcasting equipment for beginners. And I'm going to do things a little differently than a lot of the people on YouTube that you see them testing microphones and different things like that. And you can hear this sound versus that sound and all of that. I want to talk about things that should come before you even think about getting a microphone and also things that are important beyond the microphone. All right. So right now I just have a whole lot of So much equipment for podcasting just laid out on my desk, and so I'm going to lift them up and show you what I'm talking about as I'm talking about it. So if you're listening to me right now, whether you're at Biotractor.com or YouTube or well, actually, just so you know, my podcast episodes are released on YouTube like a couple of days after the actual release on the site and the syndication to the the various apps. So if you're looking listening to me on an app or wherever you're listening to me, I highly recommend that you come and watch the video this time. All right. So come to buyyourattractor.com episode nine and watch what I'm showing you. Or you can go to Apple podcasts and you can watch the video version of this uh, podcast or wait a couple of days and you'll see it on YouTube as well. Um, Your best place though, like I said, is either biotractor.com or Apple Podcasts. All right, so before you go out and buy a bunch of equipment, it's important that you consider the room that you're going to be podcasting in. And the reason why is because that room is going to determine the type of equipment that you're really going to need and what's going to be best for your situation. How big is the room and how much furniture is in the room is so important because if you have an open space type of room and it's big there's going to be more echo. If you have a room with a whole bunch of furniture, that's going to help because it's going to absorb the sound so there'll be less reverb. And that is when the sound frequencies are bouncing off of stuff in the room, like bouncing off of the walls, bouncing off of the floors, bouncing off of the computer, bouncing off of whatever. So you have to decide on which room within your home are you going to use? Is it going to be your home office or you have a special dedicated podcast room and not just the size of the room, like I was saying, or whether or not it has furniture, but what type of furniture is in there? What kind of, what do you have in there that can absorb sound? So when you have, or do you have window treatments? For an example, I'm looking over here because I have a window over here. Do you have curtains up? Is it those thick curtains or those very sheer type of curtains? If you're going to be in the basement, for an example, do you have those panels that you can put around the walls to help for the sound to be contained. You know, think about all of that because the room determines again, what type of equipment you're gonna get. I'm gonna talk about the microphones in a minute, but one thing I wanna say as it relates to this and acoustics is that if you have a type of microphone that picks up a lot of a sound compared to, to the mic that does not, like a condenser mic picks up everything, Versus a dynamic microphone, it doesn't pick up as much sound. So before you go run out and get whatever mic somebody on YouTube said, oh, this is the best mic, blah, blah, blah. You got to know what your room environment is to make sure that you can lessen the chance of there being a lot of reverb and a lot of echo. Now, with that said, in post-production, it's much easier to get rid of the echoes and the reverb because of AI. There's tools out there now that make it very simple, very easy. And I'm telling you, like for me, real quick, before I get back to the acoustics, for me, I used to do it manually before I outsourced it. I used to do it manually and I know what it's like to get out plosives and to get out ums and ahs, which I don't worry about anymore. I, I know what it's like to spend Four to five hours on a thirty minute episode, so I can get the sound quality up and get it better. I mean it, it was it took forever. You don't have to do that these days, and there are applications that are out now that are just so powerful that literally came out within the last couple of years that make it so much easier for you to have a better sound quality regardless of the room that you're in. However, don't rely on apps. Make sure that you are in a type of room environment that is conducive for podcasting as much as possible. For me, I'm in a horrible room. I am not in, you know, behind me, it looks okay, but this room is quite a big room. It's one of the bedrooms in the house and it's the biggest bedroom or it was a bedroom. It's not used as a bedroom now. This is my office and there's Two separate spaces, like the space that I'm in right now, right behind me. There's a little open space. This half of the room is my office. The other half I'm using as like a little workout space. And like some exercise equipment is over there. And so this open space and not as much furniture. So there's an uh, echo. It's a slight echo sound. And then also the HVAC system or HVAC, whatever you say, it is not working properly in this room. So in the summertime it's hot as hell, and in the wintertime it's freezing cold, right? So I have a heater for this room in the wintertime, and there's an air conditioning unit for this room. That's a window air conditioning unit for the summertime. So I the thing about it is you don't want those sounds in the microphone, right? So listen to me if you're in that type of situation, check it out. I literally have to turn on. The heater, leave the room, close the door and let it heat up for a while in the winter time, and then come back so it's nice and toasty so I can be comfortable when I'm recording. And then when it comes to the summertime, oh my goodness, it's so hot, I have to turn on that window air conditioning unit for a little a little bit, leave, let it get cool, come back in here, and then I can, you know, comfortably do a podcast episode. Now, when the window is open, which is all the time because it's a, a window air-conditioned unit, when you have that type of situation and the summertime comes around and now it's, it's, it's about to be spring, I don't know when the neighbors are going to cut the grass. So I don't know when I'm going to hear lawnmowers. You know, people don't wait till Saturday no more. Especially after 2020, man, it's like you don't know when people are going to cut the grass, right? They're going to mow the lawn all time of hours all throughout the day, Monday through Sunday. So, I mean, you know, I have to like make sure that I am in the right type of environment for my podcast to make sure that the lawnmower sound does not get inside of the microphone. And there's ways in which I do that that has to do with the microphone itself. But back to room acoustics, and I'm saying all that to say that you do not have to do what some people do. They go in a closet or go sit in a car or all that other kind of stuff. You don't have to do that these days because there's ways in which you can do things to make sure that you have quality audio that actually sound like you're in a studio without having to do some of the things that you may thought you had to do that people suggest all the time in this uncomfortable doing that. Now, with all that said, even though I know that my windows open, lawnmowers, birds chirping, oh, oh, that's another thing, the birds chirping, oh my goodness, you know, all of that can get inside of the sound, I still make sure that I do everything that I possibly can to have things to absorb the sound without going overboard. So I do have very thick curtains up It doesn't matter even in the summertime. It's very thick curtains so that it can absorb the sound. I do have a rug on the floor because this this is not a carpeted floor. So I do have a rug on this side to absorb the sound. Now, another thing that you can do to absorb the sound when you're in a home office as opposed to a basement or something like that, you can get these type of panels. Let me show you here. You can get panels that look like this and you can cover the wall with it if you like. And, you know, the, this has a nice little shape to it. You can have um, rectangular shape panels. People get really fancy these days because there's so many different types of very decorative acoustics, uh, the sound absorption panels that you can use and you can put on your walls. Now, I was going to do the whole wall with this, what you see behind me and even what you don't see in front of me, and I'm like, mm, after just the, the six that you see, that's why I, I had like a little design in the back with it, because I'm just like, I am not going to do all this. I just, you know, and I'm the type of person I like to see like home decorations, office, office decoration and stuff like that. I, I love HGTV, but I don't like doing all that. It's just It's just too much painting and all these other kind of things. It's just not my thing. But when you get these type of panels, there's two types. And people don't tell you this, they probably don't, you know, a lot of people think that you got to get those, those black foam like panels and put all that. I mean, things have come a long way. There's, like I said, there's very decorative panels that you can get any type of color and design style that you want. Just make sure that you are aware that some of the panels have the little sticky stuff on the back. So you just peel it and you can stick it to the wall and you just hold it there for a minute. And, you know, you can do it that way or you have to get and I'm going to reach over and show you. For me, these panels didn't have that. So what I had to do is I had to get this this uh, liquid nails. There's different types of what do you call this construction adhesive? All right. And so I got liquid nails. And what you want to do is put it in that little gun thing. And then you, you know, put some of the stuff on the back. Of the panel, and then you stick it to the wall like that. Okay, so just so you know, because some people think that the panels come with the adhesive. That it, it. Some of them do, some of them don't. Depends on whether you buy it or like that or not. But they all, they uh, most of them do not, unless it actually specifically says that it has that. Another thing is, if you're not used to doing any type of construction and all that other kind of um, arts and crafts type of stuff or whatever, just know, don't make the mistake I did. And that was, oh, I got myself some liquid nails and I didn't get the little gun thing, the little metal thing. Like, so I literally had to find something and stick it in this hole here and like push it down real hard and then get the stuff to come out. All right. So just make sure that you you buy the little gun thing if you're going to get any type of acoustic uh, panels. Okay. Again, if you're in a space that's not really conducive for podcasting, you're like me, maybe you live in an older home like I do, it's a 1940s Cape Cod, and have an air-conditioned unit in this particular room, and everything comes through, all the sounds from outside, or you, you know you just have an open space and echo and all of that, do not get a condenser mic. That would be a mic like the Yeti mic. Picks up everything. And this, I absolutely, my Yeti, I've been with my Yeti for so, or it's been with me for so long. And I mean, it's, it's, I love, I really love this mic. A lot of people who are into um, not just podcasting, but people who, what do you call those people? Audio engineers and all these type of folks, they don't like the Yeti, they never have. But a lot of podcasters do. And for good reason, it has a good quality sound. It really does, but it just picks up everything. So if you're in the type of room I'm in, or you, you just sounds all over the place, bouncing off of walls and whatever. This is not the microphone to get at all. A condenser mic, any type of mic, like the Yeti, like I said, condenser. If you see condenser, don't get it, okay? Because it's going to just, I mean, it, everything. It's going to pick up everything, all right? What I suggest you get instead is a dynamic microphone because that type of microphone, wherever it's pointing, That's the sound it's going to pick up for the most part, all right? And that is, for an example, I have the pod mic here. That is what I'm using. I'm going to lift it up. I'm using a pod mic, but I have a windscreen on top of it, as you can see. And that helps with uh, plosives and other noise. And I'll talk about that in a second. I like the pod mic. I think it's a very high-quality mic. It has a built-in pop filter, but you cannot do not rely on that. I'm going to talk about pop filters and windscreens in a second. The thing about it is, is that it's so important for you to understand that just because you see everybody else using something doesn't mean that's the best thing to use. Just because something is known or more popular, you see a lot of the Shure microphones now, that's a more um, expensive mic. Just because it's more expensive does not mean it's the best, okay? I'm telling you right now. So Be careful about running out and going to buy all this expensive equipment when it's kind of like overkill. It's not necessary. The shore mic is fine. If you like that, you want that, get it. But it's not necessary. I have the pod mic. You don't need the pod mic. But one thing I do not, do not recommend that many people recommend to beginners is the ATR2100. Let me take the windscreen off. I do not recommend this mic at all. All. Many people recommend this to beginners. This is you you want your sound quality to be good. This is a decent sounding microphone, but in order for anyone to hear you, you got to be all up on this thing. I mean, with or without the windscreen, you got to be all up on this thing like this. I mean, it's it's crazy because it needs a boost in its gain. So There's a difference between volume and gain if you don't already know that. When you turn up the volume of something, that's the, like, you're listening to me right now. If I'm too soft or whatever, you just turn up the volume. You can hear me more, right? However, I'm not going to be too soft in order for you to hear me because there's a certain gain level that my whole podcast is on. And this is something that you can fix in. The post and post production, but still, when you are recording, you want to make sure that you're recording at a certain gain level. These are the type of things I tell my clients, and I get deeper into that when we work together. But as, but just so you know, when you're getting a microphone that's a dynamic microphone, even the pod mic, but especially this one, especially this one, the ATR 2100, you're going to need something to lift the sound or lift the gain so that you don't have to be all up like this like you're gonna eat the thing in order for the sound to go through. And even when you're all up like this, the gain is very low. So you're gonna need something like a cloud lifter, okay? This boosts the gain of dynamic microphones, all right? And because they, they don't pick up sound like the condenser mics, like I showed you, like the Yeti. And so what you do is you would take... The Let me get the cable here for you because that's another thing that you're going to need. You take the cable that goes into the mic and you would put the cable at the bottom of the mic if you're using. And I'll I'll talk about the difference between USB and um, XLR in a second. But you put the cable inside of the mic here and then the other end of the cable will go inside of the cloud lifter. And then you take another cable and stick it on one side of the cloud lifter and have it go into the audio interface. And I'll get into that in a second. So, yes, you would need both when you're using a dynamic mic, such as the Pod mic or ATR2100. Don't get that. Do not get that. Any other dynamic mic that doesn't pick up the sound really well, you're going to need a cloud lifter or something similar that boosts the gain plus an interface when you're using an XLR mic, all right? Most of these dynamic mics are XLR mics, okay? And oh, let me show you my little baby over here, my very first external microphone, and that is the Blue Snowball. Couldn't think of the name I forgot his name. I'm sorry. The blue snowball had this little guy for a long time now. He might look like he's white on the video, but in person, he's getting yellow. He's very. I've had this so long. He's yellow now. My very first microphone had him for a long time. I love my little microphone. But anyway, he was he was never a good microphone. Awful mic. Cause just like with the ATR twenty one hundred. You got to be all up on it like this. I thought I got a lemon. The sound, I mean, not the sound, but the gain is not good at all. So I wouldn't get this. By the way, the snowball is made by the same company that makes the Yeti. Again, we're talking about you having an open space type of environment or an environment that's not conducive for podcasting based on some of the things that I said before. You get get yourself a dynamic mic okay get yourself a dynamic mic now should it be xlr or should it be usb that is up to you i have found that it didn't really matter when it came to sound quality whether i had an xlr or a usb when it comes to these type of microphones at this price point and what do i mean by that anytime you have a microphone that's around $100 to $200 in, within that range. There really you, it's not much of a difference. It really is not. Now, when you go up higher than that, you're going to hear a different sound quality with XLR being better than the USB mics. But that, the, I mean, you really, you really got to be the type of person who's really, really listening really hard. The people who notice the most difference are people who are into audio, audio engineers, people who do voiceover work, they'll be able to hear the difference. But is that you? I mean, if that's you, then you want to be all particular about it. You probably already have a microphone, right? But if that's not you, you're not going to really hear much of a difference. The thing about it is, is that most of the dynamic mics that are the type that you should get are going to be XLR, which means that you do need an audio interface. And for, for you, so that you know, to be very clear, when you're using a USB mic, and again, like the Yeti, when you're using a USB mic, all you literally have to do is just plug this into your computer and you're done. When you're using a dynamic mic, you have to get, now let's say that you didn't have a cloud lifter. Let's keep it simple. You still would have to get one of these cables, plug it into the microphone, okay, and then you have to plug it into an interface. Ooh. And right here I have the focus right Scarlet solo. A lot of people talk um, you know, the on YouTube and stuff, they'll talk about the two I two. You don't need that if it's just you. You just need the solo. I don't use the solo anymore. That's why it's not connected to anything. I'm gonna tell you what I use in a second when I get to that. But what you're going to need to do is you need to plug in the mic. And I'm going to use this ATR2100 because I have it in my hand as an example. You're going to plug it, plug in on this side. You're going to plug the uh, cable there. And then on this other side, right here. You're gonna plug it in the other side like this. So this is what you have, okay? This is the setup. And like I said before, in between these two pieces would be the cloud lifter or something similar to boost the gain sound, which means that you would need two of these cables, all right? Now, the thing about it is, since I mentioned the cable, Where do you get the cable? What kind of cable you need? And all that other kind of stuff. The the type of cable you need, do not worry about, well, the various different brands and all of that. You want high quality, but let me tell you what I did to make it simple. First and foremost, I do not buy my stuff from Amazon when it comes to electronic equipment anymore. Amazon, they're getting lazy when it comes to how they're packaging things. And then I've also been getting open box items You just don't know what you're going to get with Amazon these days. Uh, There's other reasons, too, because depending on what type of electronic equipment you have, you never know if someone else had it before you're getting it. Because, again, they've been using, you know, sending people open box stuff. And um, then, you know, some of the stuff comes from other people and not directly from Amazon, whatever. And the thing about it is, is that some people have all type of stuff that if you plug it into your computer, it's possible some kind of virus or something can come down. I'm not gonna get into all of that. The point is I do not buy my equipment, this type of equipment from Amazon. I go to BH photo. All right, B and H photo, uh bh photo video dot com. All right. That's where I get my stuff. And I'm mentioning them right now. I was gonna mention them later, but I'm mentioning them right now because you can buy a whole kit of whatever you want and it will automatically have like a kit that includes the type of XLR that's best for that particular type of equipment. It'll automatically have that in there. And just use that as part of the kit. Or if you already purchased the microphone, now that you see that that particular XLR cable is there, you can buy the XLR cable by itself from them. I like them a lot. Over $50, I believe if it's over $50, it's expedited shipping. So I get my stuff in like a day, you know? I believe that they're based in, in New York or New Jersey. I believe it's New Jersey. And being that I'm in the D.C. area, I'm so close that, like I said, within 24 hours, like if I order right now, well, it's kind of late right now, but let's just say it's earlier in the day. If I ordered right now, I would get whatever I bought, bought from them, If as long as it's over $50, tomorrow. You know, that's what I like about them. All right. So that's where you can get all of what I'm talking about. Now, getting back to these microphones, if you're in a space that's more conducive for podcasting, it's fine to go ahead and get like the Blue Yeti mic. All right. And also, I want to make it very clear when I, when I showed you the Snowball. The Snowball is a condenser mic, but it's it acts like a, di- a dynamic mic when it comes to needing a gain boost. So don't think just because something is a condenser mic that, it is going to act like one. I'm telling you right now that if you are a beginner podcaster, one of the best condenser mics that you can use if you are in a closed space that is protected from bouncing off of walls and you have like a a very good room and it's conducive for podcasting, you can't go wrong with Blue Yeti. Really, really excellent mic. I've had it for so many years and I, I really love that mic wonderful sound quality. It's a USB mic so you don't have to worry about getting a separate interface if you don't want to. And if that's what you want, you want something simple where you don't need a separate interface, the Blue Yeti is the is the the mic to go with. And but I want to make it clear to understand that just because it's simple plug and play without an external or not external, but without having to get a separate interface doesn't mean that that may be the best for you. You may like a dynamic mic better, and that's because the sound is a little more contained, all right? When I say that the Yeti picks up everything, and many condenser mics do, if you tap on your desk or do whatever, it'll pick all of that up, okay? Now, you can help with that by getting what's called a, here it is, a shock mount. You can help with that by getting a shock mount, all right? And what this shock mount is gonna do is I'm gonna use the at ATR2100 as an example. Again, do not get this thing. But all the microphones, there's shock mounts that you can get for them. And you basically stick it in inside of here. And then now, if you were to bump the desk or anything like that, you don't have to worry about Uh, the sound getting into the mic all right so if you are going to get a condenser mic shock mount is good I did not have a shock mount so it's not like you absolutely have to have it but I'm just saying it's good to have one now when it comes to shock mount the next thing I want to get into and I'm going to get back to the interfaces in a second because that's important to talk about the next thing I want to get into is the um, boom arm and also stands. All right. So with that shock mount, what would you do? You would attach it if you're going to have a boom arm and this is what goes onto your desk. Okay. You hook it up to the desk and now you have this arm coming over here and you can talk into your microphone. Your microphone gets screwed in on this end. And if you have a a shock mount, you screw it in over here. Okay. All the microphones are going to come with some type of something where you can uh, use that to be able to screw into a a, a Holder, by, by the way, that's what I'm trying to say It's going to come with some type of holder You hold put it in there and you can screw it into this end and now you can have it on a boom arm or You can be simple like what I'm doing now is I keep it simple Because the way that my desk is I just prefer to have a stand All right. I have a stand for all of my mics I use a stand for now since I have this particular desk, but I have used boom boom arms before. That's why I have that. And when you use a stand, I recommend that you get some styrofoam. And the styrofoam is going to be inside of the box that the mic is shipped in. That's what I use. I just cut out the styrofoam and I set my mic stand on the styrofoam and that has always helped when it comes to if I tap the desk or anything like that even with the Yeti had styrofoam underneath of the stand it helps where that sound doesn't really get into the mic as much okay so I wanted to say that other type of mics you can use is you can use headsets which I do not recommend I have this headset because I used it for screen sharing not specifically for podcasting I had other uses for it uh, there was a time back long time ago when I used to podcast I had a, a Panasonic some type of Panasonic headset and it just the, the quality is not good just don't use a headset for podcasting it's not good at all another thing it to not use is when you are in your home office I don't recommend using something like a digital recorder. I don't have one here to show you right now. If I were on the road, I would personally get a Zoom H4 or something like that, traveling and things of that nature and making sure that I have it set up where I also have a windscreen on it. Um, it's, it's not going to be this big, but they got the little thing there's little accessories you can get for that. But I, I don't need you like it's not necessary to get all this other extra stuff. And people are always talking about all these things. Just stick with pod mic, okay? If you're in a type of room that's not conducive for podcasting, and if you are in a room that is conducive for podcasting and you want a USB mic, the Yeti mic, you cannot go wrong. Now, with that said, please don't be afraid of XLR microphones, okay? Yeah, USB, simple, easy, just get the mic, get the cable. It comes with the cable and you just stick it into the USB port. Boom, you're done. However, I fell in love with dynamic mics personally. Yes, I need something extra to go with it, but it's worth it to me. It's worth it to me because there's more that you can do with the sound when it comes to your your interface. And now I want to talk about the interface. I do not use the Focusrite anymore. This is uh, something that everyone recommends when you have this combination especially with the cloud lifter help boosting the sound quality or not quality but the gain levels of the dynamic mic any dynamic mic whether it's shore microphone the pod mic that i'm recommending or any type of dynamic mic the thing about it is is that last year the same company focusrite came out with another interface that i'm using right now and it's called the Vocaster. This Vocaster right here. And by the way, if you're still listening to me on the an app and you're not actually seeing what I'm saying, there are going to be pauses in this episode because I'm grabbing stuff and I'm trying not to make a lot of noise. So that pause is me grabbing something. OK, so now. I like this guy. This is what I'm using right now. And the reason why I like it is, first and foremost, it has a gain booster within it. Well, that's what I'm calling it, where I don't need to use the cloud lifter to boost anything. All I need to do is have my XLR cable coming out from my microphone, going in to the vocaster, and then the cable, I didn't mention this before, uh, the other cable that you're going to need that goes inside, and it comes with it, this cable that goes inside the USB port. So that's how I'm hooked up to a computer. And by the way, I do recommend that you absolutely use a computer than using some other separate way in which you do it. And the reason why I say that is when we talk about the video part of it, I'm gonna get into that in a second, but for real quick, I like to be able to look at myself. And it's much easier to look at yourself than to look at a camera lens, right? And so by having a computer in front of you, you can see yourself like you're talking to another person. It just makes it easier to do video podcasts. So getting back to the Vocaster, I like this Vocaster. It's very simple interface. There's only two knobs here. And there's these three uh, little areas here. I don't mess with none of this. And it's, and it's very simple I don't even, there's four different presets that you can put this on to make your sound quality better. I don't use it because, I've, because I'm because i not in a room that's conducive for podcasting. Those presets really don't make a difference for me. There's some things I need to do in post-production in, with an AI app in order for my sound to sound more like it's coming from a studio. When I did some things with my inner space where i am right now to be able to to make my sound not as i wouldn't have as reverb and um i wouldn't have as much much reverb and as much echo as i do when i was testing the problem is i couldn't use the whole setup because it was showing the video so that's why i'm not set up like that but the point of what i'm saying is when i did that and i did test the various different options which is only four of increasing the um like, it's like this magic enhance or something where it inc- increases the quality of the sound. It did sound really well. You know, it's, it did sound very good, but to me, not using that little magic enhancer or whatever sounds good, sounds better than using the Focus Right uh, Solo, the Scarlet Solo. So, what I'm saying to you is that you don't even need to turn on. The little extra features that the Vocaster one has to make your sound better. Just using the Vocaster in its default form is better than the Scarlett Solo. And what I like about these, both of these interfaces is that it's v- really simple. That's why I'm saying you don't have to be scared of the interface. Because when it comes to interfaces and mixers, you don't need a mixer, number one. You don't need those fancy. Seven hundred dollar plus interfaces. Um, there's one made by uh, Rode, which is the same company that makes the the Rode PodMic. It's the Procaster or Rodecaster Pro, something like that. When it first came out, it was around seven hundred. They have another version out now, so it's you can get it for like five hundred dollars now or four fifty. The the first version of it. And it has all these buttons and things. It's simple. It's, it's more simplified than your average mixer or interface. But it has extra things on it that you're probably not even going to use. And that's the thing. People keep buying this expensive software or not the most expensive, but it's expensive compared to what you really need. Why are you going to spend 500 600 700 plus for a bunch of buttons that you're never going to use, you know? Keep it simple. Now, the Vocaster, like I said, I don't need a gain boost, and a separate thing to, gain, to use as a gain boost. I don't need to do any fancy playing around with anything to make my sound better. All I got to do is plug in the microphone into this, plug this into... The USB port of my computer, and I'm good. It comes with some software, but it, you don't even—it's just some simple software. It doesn't really do much. And then you just—you just have this gain controller over here, and this is where I'm able to listen and hear myself, so I can control how much I can hear of myself speaking. And then the buttons on the back. There's a power button. All these other things you don't need. You just need this power button, and you press it in, and I mean, you're done. I mean, its, it's real simple. And so I do recommend to you, I, you know, like I said, the Yeti is a good mic, USB mic, perfect. A dynamic mic, in my opinion, I, I feel like it's better because of the interface, not because of the mic itself. It's because the interface makes your sound even higher quality, especially when it comes to assisting with lessening reverb assisting with lessening echo now like i said in the space that i'm in i'm going to have a little bit of that anyway but in general it does that because when i tested and, and kind of enclosed my space there was a difference in quality sound because of the interface and it's a very simple interface please don't run out and get a whole bunch of buttons and knobs and things that you, you you just don't need all of that and you see these people on youtube with all that fancy stuff It's so not necessary, it's not. All right, so next I wanna talk about windscreens and pop filters. And you can see this windscreen that's on my mic, and this is a pop filter. So for many years, I've tested both out. I used to have microphones that had the, the windscreen on it, then I'd also use the pop filter, then I tested without the windscreen and just the pop filter, then without, and all these things. The First of all, to let you know, the whole point of all this is when we say peas, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, right? You want to make sure that those peas don't sound so hard in in a person's ear. So you want to lessen the sound of that. And those are called plosives. Okay. You want to lessen the sound of that as well as other sounds that can come from your mouth when you say um, different words and use different letters. and so the thing that I've found is that the pop filter really didn't make a bigger difference for me. For me, somebody else may say something else, but I'm just saying pop filter just got in the way. And I found that the windscreen made a difference, yet very slight. I like that the pod mic has an internal pop filter. However, it's not enough, which is why I'm sitting a little higher than the microphone so it won't be as bad. You'll also see some people, and I'm going to get this other microphone here to show you what I'm, what I'm about to say. You'll see some people when they're podcasting, they like they will have a boom arm here and they'll turn their mic to the side like this instead of talking like this. Th- you see it to the side for the same reason of what we're talking about right now. It lessens the plosive because the the air that's coming out of your mouth is not going directly into the microphone is going to the side of it. So you can say your piece without it being so hard. So that's why you see people do that. But you also see people do that with microphones that supposedly have internal pop filters. And that's why I say that it is great that it has an internal pop filter, such as the PodMic, but it's not perfect. That internal pop filter is not getting rid of plosives 100%. So it's good to have something else and that's why I have what I have on top of my microphone. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about headphones. You don't need to use headphones. However, to me, they are important. They're important because when it comes to monitoring your sound quality, it's important for you to know what's going on throughout the time that you're recording your podcast. And if you, don't, if you can't hear yourself, then you don't know, know what's going on. You don't know what's going into the microphone. Is your sound still going into the microphone? Are you, you know, everything's all right when it comes to your hookup and all of that? You won't know if you can't hear yourself. You're not going to be monitoring whatever's on your computer or looking over here to look and see if things are still working or not because you're flowing and you're going and you're talking, you know? So to me, it is very important to wear headphones. Do what you want. But to me, it's important to wear them. Many people who are just have a regular podcast without a video podcast, they do that. It's not until they put the camera on where you see people, they don't, they just take the headsets out. They're not even going to flow like that because of the way it looks. I personally, like I said, y'all see me with this. You see me with this all the time, right? All the time. And these are earbuds. These are just regular earbuds from Apple. That's what I use. Now, it is important, before I show you other options, it is important that you are wired. I do not use Bluetooth or any type of AirPods or anything like that because when you are podcasting, you don't want interruptions, right? Something can happen to the internet, something can happen to the Bluetooth, whatever, and then things are interrupted. And then the sound, because when, when you hear yourself, there's a certain sound, you're like in a zone. When you don't hear yourself, it's different. And so, when you're used to hearing yourself and you're talking, talking, and all of a sudden it drops, that kind of messes up your flow. And so, if you're thinking to yourself, well, if the internet goes out, that's messing up the whole podcast. Well, that's the reason why I do not use internet based software when it comes to my recording, it's all desktop based. Now, getting back to the headphones, now, like I said, I have these earbuds. There's also the type of earbuds that you can get that doesn't show as much as mine do by a company called me there's the me m6 and then me has and that's m-e-e they have very different type of headphones the kind that goes over the head as well as these little guys right here i have it um as you can see i have it let me get this dirt off of it i have it I'm trying to untangle this it's going to be a minute before i untangle it so i'm not going to waste time with that but so you can see the way that these are when you put them into your ear they go behind your ears so it would be like this in a way so you wouldn't really see it as much the thing about it is I have very tiny ears I have very small ears it's like they didn't grow after I was a baby you know it's baby ears and so these don't stay in because when you wrap it around the ear It's supposed to help to to keep them in. For me, it's not because my ears are so small. So the Apple EarPods, it's perfect for me. The big juicy over here, that's what I call a big juicy. The huge, big headphones. Like these, right? These are the type of headphones that I'm suggesting and recommending to you that you get for sure, not necessarily to use as you podcasting unless you want to, but this is how you check your sound quality with these guys. And the reason why you want to use these is because it's covering all possible sounds that can possibly get into, I mean, it, when I talk about being in the zone, when you use these guys, you are in the zone. These are closed back headphones. And listen to what I say, closed back headphones. You want to get a pair of these. These are the ones that are going to be the most expensive type of headphones you buy. But you can get them like these, I believe, are like $50, $60. So on the lower end, get get this. Because you want to test, make sure your sound quality. Before I come on, before I do any type of recording, I always test my sound. I test with these because there's no distractions at all. You really are like, it's like being in a studio wearing these. All right. And so I test these, test with these, and then I test with these, the ones that I'm actually going to use just to double check and make sure everything's cool. But every podcaster should have a pair of high quality headphones and you don't need to get the $100, 200 $400. You know, they can get very expensive. It's so not necessary. You're not a voiceover artist. You're not a singer. You're not, you just, you're podcasting and you just need to make sure that your quality is good. And so that you not only is it good, but everything is just hooked up properly and there's no humming and interferences and all these other type of things. And so getting yourself a good pair of closed back headphones is, is good to do. These are Audio-Technica, all right? And like I said, I got it from BH Photo. I got it, everything from BH Photo, all right? Alright, so I also have a pair of Sony headphones, and these are just these are some uh, Sony stereo headphones. Just regular old headphones, nothing special about it. If I weren't wearing AirPods, I would wear, I would wear these headphones because they're smaller, a little more petite than a big juicy. And so this is what I would wear. And I used to wear these all the time, but I found that I've gotten very used to um, the AirPods. I like. hearing the sound in the pods better than um, something like this. And also, because I'm on video, I just don't want to wear something big and bulky, even though those are, like I said, smaller. I just rather have something that's in my ear, and that's a personal preference, okay? But definitely wear headphones. I'm a big proponent for it. You don't have to do it, but I'm telling you, what I recommend for you is to wear headphones regardless of whether or not you have the video on or not. Now, the last thing I want to say about the headphones is that you're going to need an adapter if you are using an interface, okay? If you're using an interface, these AirPods, for an example, just like these Sonys that I have, the little inexpensive Sonys, this is not going to fit inside of this because the input for the interface is bigger. So this is too small. What you're gonna need is that male to female, uh, that's what they call it, adapter. And let me show you what that looks like. I have two of them here. They look different, but they both are the same size. They both do the same thing. And then basically what it does is you take this adapter, stick it on the end right here, and now it's big enough, your headphones are big enough to go inside of the uh, interface, okay? So that's exactly what I'm doing when it comes to the earpods that I have. I have an adapter that's on the other end of my earpod cable and that's going into my vocaster, okay? Now, when you get the bigger headphones, such as the Audio-Technica that I call Big Juicy, that already came with an adapter. So just whatever headphones you get, see whether it comes with an adapter or not. So this already came like this. All right. So now let's talk about your video camera. So when you're doing a video podcast, I just talked about all the audio pieces. And the Vocaster, you know, all the connections, the microphone connected to the interface, the interface, it, the Vocaster in my in my um, setup is now connected to the computer via the USB port. The other thing that's connected via the U- USB port is my webcam. And yes, I use, use a webcam. I keep it very simple. I don't use the $500, $800, $1,000 uh, cameras because... I don't want to learn how to use it right now. I don't have the time for that. All the years I've been podcasting and eventually even when I was doing video marketing and all these fancy cameras came out, I still didn't get it because I just was not trying to figure out how to use that thing. I'm not a photographer. I don't do videography and all these other things. So I was like, I'm just going to keep it simple with a simple webcam. Webcams have come a long way and you can get yourself a high-quality webcam. I don't have the highest quality. I literally only use the C920, the Logitech C920. I use the latest version of it now because I have another one. And Logitech has some very good webcams. There's other companies out there that do too. Find yourself a good webcam. Get the quality that you want. Make sure that it records 1080p. You don't need the higher quality ones. Right now, like 4K and all of that, Everybody's not there yet when it comes to the masses and the, equip- the equipment that they use to watch videos or create videos and things of that nature. So being that that is not standard yet, you don't need to just as long as it records 1080p, because you don't want this big, large, unnecessary recording file that's, that's taking up all this disk space. You don't need that. As long as it records 1080p, get that. Like I said, I have the Logitech C920. I'm looking up because it's it's up here. One of the other things that I want to mention to you that I like about having a webcam instead of, a USB webcam, instead of using these fancy cameras is that I can talk right at the computer like I'm talking to a person because I'm seeing myself. I'm looking right at my face. I'm looking at another human being moving around And when that happens, it's so much easier for me to flow as I'm talking while the video camera is on versus if I were looking at a camera lens, I don't know if I can flow as as much or at least not as long. You know what I mean? And yeah, you probably seen the jump cuts that I have in here because I actually end it and then come back and all of that. There's different reasons for that. It's not always because I'm not flowing, but there's various different reasons for that. However, I much prefer to be able to look at somebody. Makes it so much easier. And especially if you are a beginner, it's going to be easy for you as well to look at yourself as another somebody on the other side of you than to be looking at a camera lens, right? So it's up to you. But remember, I try to keep it simple. I keep it simple, yet it's still quality not the highest quality that it can be. You can get a camera if you want to. It's not what I do. And if you're a beginner, especially if you're a beginner, why even go through all of that? It's completely not necessary. You know, I've had clients in the past where I was doing a done-for-you type of service. I didn't coach them through stuff. And they went, and I basically was setting up their podcast for them. But when it came to their equipment, they went and bought this shore microphone, went and and got themselves the most expensive camera out. Well, not the most expensive, $800 camera and all these things. So they had to take time to figure out how to use these things and, you know, how to, they got (laughs) fancy interfaces that cost hundreds of dollars. That's not necessary. Here's the thing with me. My thing is this, pay attention to the features that you need with something first. Before you look at anything else. Price is irrelevant. Anything else is irrelevant. Before the features. Feature. Why in the world would you buy something. That has all these features. If you're only going to use a fraction of it. It just makes no sense. Unless you're using it for something else. Or somebody else is going to be using it. And you're sharing it. But otherwise it makes no sense. So don't go out there getting all the things that you hear everyone else get into. Some of these people, they're into that kind of stuff because they do other things with it. You don't need that, especially when you're first starting out. And for me, I'm not first starting out and I still keep it simple because it's all that's necessary. All right, so when you're doing video, you're going to need some lights, right? Again, I keep it simple. I don't have a ring light. Cause that thing would shine in my glasses. Like you can see when I go like this, you see reflections in my glasses, but you don't see rings, right? I don't use ring lights. What I use is I have two softbox lights, one here, one there, boom, that's it. I don't have fancy this and that. And you know, some people dim the lights and they have the, the stuff in the background, like blue is blue and different fluorescent colors and all these other things. That's cool. That's cute. It's not necessary. Keep, It's simple, okay? Keep it simple. And by the way, when it comes to the lights, remember I told you I don't get most electronic equipment from Amazon or whatever. When it comes to the lights, I do because I don't get the most expensive lights that are out there. It's it's not necessary. A lot of things, my money that I use in my business, there are so many other things that I allocate my funds to, especially when it comes to other people doing work for me. That's so important. I do not spend a bunch of money on equipment that is just completely unnecessary. I just don't do it. That's just me. Again, if you want to be all fancy and get all this fancy stuff that you're only going to use a fraction of the thing, do what you're going to do. But lights, simple. One, two, shining on me. Have it. It's very. By the way, they are very close to me. Not like I'm going to bump my head up against it but I literally put the lights right above where my computer is. They're they're coming coming like they're like this, down, shining down on me right behind the computer and the camera that is sitting on the computer because it's a webcam, right? And so that's how I have it. And your background is another thing that you want. This is not part of equipment, but you want your background to be simple as well. I said this before, some of these things in another podcast episode, but it's worth mentioning again, don't get, don't have a busy background where you have books and all kinds of things with people trying to read what books you, you're into and all these other things just all over the, you know, just keep it simple. You don't need to have a background that's faded out and doing all that kind of stuff, you know, blurred out, I should say. And it takes a camera to do that. It's a certain type of camera lens you do, that you need for that. You don't need all of that. If you want to do all that fancy stuff later, fine. But I'm telling you right now, those things do not make a break whether someone is going to watch you or listen to you. As long as the quality is decent, people are... The, the most important thing is your sound quality. It's, that's the most important thing, truly. So that's what I use. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about really quickly is the software. Remember before I said that I use desktop-based software? Yes, I do. I don't want hiccups with the internet. If you are going to use internet-based software, out of all the testing that I've done, and and I'm going to say this based on you doing a video podcast, okay? There is Zencaster, StreamYard, and Restream. Those are what people who do live streams use, but they're also good for podcasting. ZenCaster is specifically for podcasting, all right? So check it out. I would have to say that out of the three, I would probably go with StreamYard because of some of the features that it has and because also when I compare that to Restream, it didn't stop on me. Restream stopped on me. And I was talking, I was testing out talking and it stopped and I had to redo it. And I didn't have that issue with StreamYard. I never had that issue with StreamYard of all the times that I tested it out. ZenCaster has a bunch of other extra features that you probably will never use, but it's good too. All of them are internet-based, so I don't trust them at all. Internet hiccups, there's lag and all kind of stuff that can happen. That's why if you're on a Mac, a lot of people use Ecamm. For me, I use Movavi, which is, I use the video editor. I believe it's a suite or something like that. Yes, it's a video editor, but it does its job when it comes to me being able to see myself. I literally see myself on the computer as I'm talking because the webcam is and I see myself and everything is working great. I can hear myself great. It records me perfectly, you know, no lag and all of that. It's, it's everything's all good. I use Movavi. All right. Now, you can use what you want to use, but I'm telling you, I've already been there, done that, and have tested so many things. And I'm all about efficiency, keeping things smooth, efficient. What is the, the fastest way to get this thing done where it has the features that I want, it's user-friendly, quick and easy, all those things. I factor in all of that, and that's what I came out with. I have other equipment, too. I have other equipment I haven't showed you. I have other software I didn't talk about. And there's no point in talking about it because it's either not user-friendly or it has too much stuff going on where it's not. It's like, what's the point of using that or something else? It's like, I'm trying to give you the basic stuff that's still high quality. Okay, that's what that's what I want you to understand. And hopefully you you're listening to me and you don't go out there of throwing your money here, there, and everywhere. All right. Lastly, I want to mention something that I usually don't tell people this little secret, little secret, but audio enhancing apps are, man, I can't tell you how long I've been waiting for something where you literally click the button and it just does no exaggeration, fixes your audio. Remember, I told you. I'm not in a room conducive for podcasting. And yes, I can outsource like I used to and have someone do my post-production as it relates to fixing my audio. But there's an AI app that's so good that I'd rather keep that than having to get someone to do my post-production and wonder whether what they did is better than the app. Because honestly, when I compare my audio quality now to having someone else do it, that AI app got it going on, it, it it's just better. The app is better. And it takes away plosives. There are some plosives still left in my audio, but they're not that bad compared to what it would have been. And also the echo and the reverb is gone. Now, someone with a, a ear for this, audio engineer, voiceover person, they're going to probably be very nitpicky and be like, no, no, I can hear this and that. Your average person won't be able to hear anything. They'll think it sounds studio quality. And that, again, is an AI app. You can There's different AI apps for podcasting. A lot of software has different ones. And I'm going to tell you a piece of software where I think that software is not user-friendly to me. Many people think it is right? I'm keeping you in suspense, right? You want to just tell you, this, what is it? What is it, right? It's Descript. Descript has an audio enhancing feature that's like the studio quality audio enhancing feature. I literally pay Descript every month just for that and only that because I think that the other things that it does, there's other software that's more user-friendly I have used uh, oh Adobe has has one too for podcasters. That one is good too. After the script, that one is good. But the scripts, oh man, that that one is is ooh, is very good. And yes, there's if you ever heard about Auphonic, that is one I, I've used for years. I've used Alphonic for a long time to level out my sounds. Okay, Auphonic is still good at sound leveling. Very very good at that. And it's very good if you have a room that's conducive for podcasting. And now you need something simple like a phonic that will level out the sounds and um, you know do all the equalizations and and making sure that your podcast is at the right gain level and all of that. But it will not take out the plosives. You can forget about that. And it will not do some other things that this this wonderful wonderful. AI fake AI thing, but I love it that the script has. Oh man. Mm. I'm just saying, check it out. All right. So I covered many, many things. This is probably the longest podcast episode that I will ever do. I've been sitting here for a very long time and I'm ready to get up out of this seat. And so to recap, make sure that if you have a room that is open space or not conducive for podcasting for the various reasons that I talk about, get yourself a dynamic mic so that you don't have a mic like a condenser mic that picks up all of the sound. When you have a dynamic mic, I recommend getting the Vocaster. And by the way, something I forgot to say is I got the Vocaster one. There's also The other version of it. But if you're a solo podcaster, you're only going to need the Vocaster one. Okay. Get that to keep it simple. You don't need the Cloud Lifter or any of the other stuff, just the microphone and the Vocaster one. The microphone that I recommend is the Pod Mic. All right. Get yourself a windscreen to put on it if you want. You don't have to use it, it's up to you. And you're going to need XLR cable. So, I do recommend going to BH Photo. What is that website? It is bhphotovideo.com and get yourself the kit. If it doesn't come all with the kit, then just get yourself the mic, uh, get a stand or a a boom arm, whichever one you want. The windscreen, the XLR cable, you can go in there and see any of the kits where they have an XLR cable. Just get a high quality XLR cable. And then get the Vocaster 1 and you're good, all right? The Vocaster 1 comes with the cable that goes, the USB cable to go inside of your computer, all right? And then also, like I said before, if you have a space that is is conducive for podcasting, I still recommend the same setup. But if you prefer to have a USB mic, you cannot go wrong with the Yeti or any other condenser mic that's similar to the Yeti, but the Yeti, that's my go-to. I've used it for so, so many years, and it does have quality sound. The audio engineers are going to tell you, oh, no, don't use the Yeti. I'm telling you, it's a trip, because I had an audio engineer who asked me one time what type of microphone I was using, because the sound quality was good. And I said, the Yeti... You couldn't believe it. But anyway, so you got that. The next thing, again, you want to make sure that you have headphones, whatever type of way that you want it. Make sure that you do get one of the big ones so you can test your sound good, and that is the closed back headphones. All right? Lighting, keep it simple. A softbox light on the right, softbox light on the left. Boom, you're good. I use a webcam. Remember that? use a webcam, get whatever quality you want. I used the, the uh, Logitech C920. Also, one thing I forgot to say when I mentioned the headphones is make sure that you have the adapter, okay? If what you get doesn't come with one, all right? And that is all that you need to have when it comes to having the equipment to start a podcast and record a podcast as a beginner. All right. So if you want more information, not just about the equipment, but really honing in on every step of the process in order to create a podcast that attracts qualified buyers, because there's things that need to be done before you even get to the recording part of it. It's a whole process. And if you want to know how to do that, I've created a six-week intensive, me and you, just me and you, for six weeks where I'm not just going to show you what to do. We're going to put it together. You are going to have a podcast at the end of six weeks. It's a new program that I'm releasing right now. I don't know how long I'm going to do it. So if you're interested, you can go to buyerattractor.com and click on Work with Vernita or simply go to workwithvernita.com. Either way, all roads lead back to the same page where you're going to see information about the six-week intensive, all right? So when you're ready to do that, I'm here for you. Go ahead and get the equipment that I just said. Either way, whether you get it now or get it later, you're going to need something, right? All right, see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Buyer Attractor Podcast. When you're ready for guidance or leveraging your podcast to attract more qualified buyers, I'm here for you at BuyerAttractor.com.